What is this behavior? Do you want it? You're dying for it. Welcome back to another episode of What Is This Behaviour? This week we've got a really dope guest, Sanjeev. I've been following this guy's rise and progress for a while since when he first started his YouTube channel uh, when he was working over at Selfridges. I've uh, been a huge fan of his personal style and it's just so dope to see him grow and become the creator that he is. He even kind of really helped me out on my short film, The Internship, and provided a lot of the wardrobe for that. He's a digital creator and YouTuber. He's amassed nearly 11 million views on his YouTube page and currently on Instagram, he's coming up to about 70,000 followers. Today, we chop it up and talk about building your online brand and at the same time, how to stay authentic within that fashion space. He talks about moving countries and how that affects his identity um, and then gives some really useful tips for those wanting to become a creator. This is an amazing episode. Hope you enjoy it. Uh, let's get into it. What is this behavior? So, so Sanj, nice to meet you. Thank you very much for coming on the pod. Yeah, thank you for having me, man. Um, we know your name. We know, <laughs> we know the, we know the shorthand. Um, and before we actually, I mean, we've been watching your stuff collectively, right, over the last few days, and we've been fully immersed in it. You know, when you get fully immersed in something, you think you actually know the person. <laughs> yeah. And you start getting proper familiar. So I think we're all been really looking forward to this conversation it, all, for, all yeah all for different reasons you know awesome also i mean i've been listening to the first well the first two episodes that you guys put out in already and so it's yeah. good to ah, okay of the, podcast, the first three sorry yeah, yeah, yeah okay and what did you think no sick man i mean it was good it's kind of progressively obviously moving forward like the first episode the first two episodes anyway there was a lot <laughs> of like confusion and just trying to figure out what was going on but then you can see by the third episode it's like cool this is what we're all about blah 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 mm. Yeah. yeah, and were you judging us on that confusion? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, like you said, as a I, listener, I feel as like a veteran I was part creator. Of the, I, feel like, I feel like I was part of the journey. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you know what? That was the That's... intent, wasn't it, Amos? Mm. That was what the intent. Yeah, you cut yeah, out. Like, oh, you cut green, out for green. me a little bit. Sorry, yeah, technicals. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I could hear. You. Well, I could hear, couldn't hear you. What did you say? No, I was just saying. Well, Sam was just saying that we were kind of figuring out. The journey in the first few episodes and we're saying that was the intent to yeah yeah most way, yes yes it's been one to be honest i've been enjoying that process so much more because it means you haven't got to front with the gloss exactly. um mm. uh, or you don't have to the pressure of um presenting a finished product and there's so much joy in that um i think from both sides for me as a creator and people also interacting with um with the content um there's more and more dialogue. I'm going to get so many more questions too. How did you do that? What what software are you using? People feel so much more comfortable to interact. And I love that. Mm. That's true. And you, and you know what, Almas, that is the perfect segue into a hey, first potential question, on. right? <laughs> come on, man. You know, I've been out here facilitating <laughs> for years. <laughs> but like that, that idea of authenticity, because I've been watching your videos, Sanj, and one thing I think you have on camera is a true authenticity and i don't know if you've honed this and it's all lies and it's all an act i don't know <laughs> but if it if it is you're a g if it's not i rate you because i'm like i i assume the person i'm seeing on camera is also the person i'm gonna meet on the road yeah for sure man i mean a thank you very much and b um yeah i feel like 
for me and YouTube in general, like the fact that it's so raw and, you know, everyone just sort of records from home. There is that element of, like you said, you feel like you get to know the person. You feel like you're on their journey. You feel like they're boy, your boys with whoever, boys or girls, mm. with whoever you're watching. And um, for me, I don't know, with everything that I'm talking about, it's all about being true to yourself and being honest with who you are. And um, the way you present yourself, obviously, my stuff is a lot to do with fashion. So, yeah, yeah man, I thought I felt like being who you are is obviously the best option that you could be. So, mm. Mm. Do you feel like maybe there's, um, you know, do you feel like maybe you have amplified versions of yourself in different spaces? I say that because even though I'm essentially one person, um, I know that the person that, let's say, is Almas Badat DJ, Mm-hmm. or our Masbadat filmmaker is quite different to us. It doesn't matter, to be honest, what awards I've won. As soon as I walked in, mum's just telling me, take off oh, my shoes and make sure I'm at the dinner table. Uh, oh, oh, am I? You're sounding like a banjo. Banjo oh, strings. No. <laughs> banjo right, you're back. You're back, you're back. Yeah. You're back, you're back. <laughs> Repeat the question uh, again, Elvis. I was going to say that no matter how many um, different places I'm moving outside of home, as soon as I get home, I'm still the daughter of the house do you know what i mean so i'll walk in mm. and mum's like take off your shoes make sure you're ready for dinner whatever or she might cuss me out and be like where did you go looking <laughs> like that and it just humbles yeah. you straight away what's that like for you at home sanjeev facts i mean it's pretty much the same I, I feel like they're now at a stage where they kind of understand what i do and mm. especially when it comes to like the way you, you you present yourself and dress and all that stuff so they they turn a blind eye to it I guess it's not like I wear some wild, outrageous stuff either all the time, but <laughs> you know, I know, I know my my audience. Let's say, so if I'm going to like an Asian event with my family, I'm not going to go balls out and just wear whatever <laughs> I wear. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I'll you chill out, I mean? I'll tone it down a tiny bit. <laughs> how, how was that initial conversation though? So like, you know, as like me and Ruben, I think we always discuss how we initially we didn't even try to convince our parents what we do they just gave up yeah. and accepted <laughs> fuck, yeah. fuck, fuck it you know just let let them do this thing but for you 100%. um was it yeah okay do, do you want to explain how, how that initial conversation went yeah I feel, I feel like yeah it's pretty much the same vibe man like they, they were just trying to you know they tried to control i don't want to make it sound bad by saying try yeah. to control you but you know what i mean like they'll tell you yeah don't do this don't do that don't wear this, don't wear that. And then eventually it gets to a point where it's just like, okay, cool. Well, clearly you're, it's not that you're not listening, but you're, you're doing your own thing and you're not harming anyone by doing that. Mm-hmm. So they're just like, okay, cool. Well, as long as, uh, as long as you're doing your thing and you're not being a nuisance about it, then, then yeah. we're good. Do you seem like to the try str- to, oh, sorry, Rubes, go ahead. Yeah, sorry, bro. It seems like the strategy overall, when I'm having all these conversations around creative people and artists that are South Asian, seems like the strategy is just incrementally wear your parents down <laughs> over, <laughs> over the years until yeah. they lose the ability and or the emo- or have the emotional capacity to fight. No, like, absolutely, right, cool. absolutely. And I think it also comes down to like having like a tremendous amount of confidence as well, like even more mm. so than, than regular. And I say this because, like, I always at home, I would say some wild outlandish stuff about how I'm going to do well in life and then, and then, and then. And eventually my mom was just like, okay, cool. Well, now I know that you're like, to you, that might be true, but to me, that's chatting shit, right? And eventually she was just like, okay, cool. Well, 
until you get there, let's just keep this going. Let's just keep this going. And then, um, and here we are today. How do you try to explain what you actually do to your parents? So on, on my side, I think when I was working at Mr. Porter, my mum still thought Mr. Porter was some white man that needed to pay me more money. <laughs> she didn't understand it was a company or a brand. So being, oh, I guess, be, being, being a, a content creator, a YouTuber, uh-huh. Do they do they get it now? Do they understand it, or is it still something that they? they no, no, no. Know. They 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 get it now. Um, I mean, they got it fairly quickly as well. To be honest with you, at first, much like anyone, regardless of them being Asian or not, most people don't really understand how you can sort of generate an income off YouTube, just because yeah. it's still well now people do, but like two three years ago, it was still kind of a grey area that people just didn't understand. Um, and so once I sort of explain the process and like how sponsorship works, how affiliate marketing works, how Google pays us with through AdSense and all that stuff, then it started clicking. And um, obviously once they see, you know, somewhat of an income rolling in and you're able to support yourself and do your thing, then, um, then yeah, it's cool. And they can relax. Did it ever flip on the other side in terms of then once they kind of figured out how successful you were, they then started talking about it even more? <laughs> that's just classic though isn't it everyone does every asian parent does that don't they yeah yeah well actually my mum my does it but my, to be honest my mum's got this ridiculous amount of unconditional love where even if we were for example we we made a living out of painting dog shit on the street <laughs> she'll she'll tell people these my sons are the best dog shit painters <laughs> like she, do you know what i mean she'll just go out there and do that and I, sure. and, and for me that's supportive but at, at a point you're like mum i might need some critical thinking and <laughs> what i'm doing if you're going to be one of if you're going to be one of my guides whereas my dad on the other side has this thing and i don't know if any of your parents have this sanj where he's very he's like quite a humble dude and he feels if he brags about himself or even his family that's wrong yeah and so he no, no, doesn't no. shout about our wins and we've kind of learned that we actually need that that love to be voiced we only totally, learned that late totally feel that totally feel that i think i mean it's similar to your dad my dad i wouldn't say is that i wouldn't say it's down to his humbleness or whatever it's just that he's in comparison to my mom anyway my mom's always been very sort of goal-driven she's always after the next motive like trying to do the next mm-hmm. thing right so we were born and raised in france um both my parents fled the country in Sri Lanka after the civil war. My dad ended up in, sorry, I'm giving you a, a little history no, lesson about my it, family. No, this, this is, is what, what we were going to ask. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you anyway. <laughs> uh, so both my parents fled the country. My dad went to, to France. My mom went to Switzerland. They met in Switzerland. My dad whisked her away to France. Now, my mom had no intentions of, of being and living in France, right? So she sort of, um, at the age of 12, was when me, my brother, and my little sister moved over to England. Uh, just because my mom was like we want to move to England we want you to speak English and she thought for educational purposes it would be better here than in France so my mom's always been like a go-getter like she's so stubborn and just cracks on with whatever she feels is needed to better her life or her kid's life whereas my dad on the other hand it's not that he doesn't care but he's very sort of monotonous Um, he's almost like a robot and he doesn't seek progression he's happy doing his routine that he's been doing for like 30 40 years as long as you know it still works he's like is that saying if it's not broken don't fix it type stuff that's how he's wired i guess you know what though your english is better than mine you speak so well (laughs) for for you to have only started to learn it at 12 did you say 
yeah, yeah. Thank That's you, man. Crazy, man. I mean, you're being too kind, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> do you? So, do you? Are you bilingual then? What languages do you speak? So, I speak uh, French, English, and Tamil. Jeez. Hey, Ruben. Ever... <laughs> Sorry, Ruben. You were going to say something, but I just wanted to ask. Uh, not, not even ask. Share the story of Ruben hosting a Tamil. Was it a Tamil wedding or was it a Tamil event? <laughs> and you had a recording from your dad because you don't speak Tamil, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I had an that's intro. A whole, that's a whole episode, all therapy session. Bro, <laughs> listen, I, I I had an inch. I got my dad to speak into my phone and record a message in Tamil, saying, "Hello, this is my son. He can't speak Tamil. I've tried to teach him for years. He's a waste man. Please forgive him. He's going to speak English. Take over, Ruben." Sick. And it, and it went down really well. It yeah. created that connection and understanding. That was your out, man. Good. <laughs> yeah, it's a real mm. thing. I think being from being from different countries and then being moved around within that as well, because you've moved, haven't you? From Sri Lanka, there's Switzerland, there, there's France, and then now there's the UK. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes um, with my parents um, now, my mum is because we've asked her. She's actively sending us little voice notes in Gujarati every day because we've been like mom we need to know like what you're saying like and I do I understand Gujarati I don't speak it as much but I worry about um just like the bloodline dying basically and like not having that skill set so it's amazing that you can speak all these different languages it's awesome thank you thank you I think it comes down to yeah practicing at home and because so my parents I mean at home we speak Tamil uh, and okay. then every now and again, we'll throw in some English words or some French words. I mean, I'm sure you guys are the same. Like it becomes like this massive mashup mix of, yeah, of yeah, all yeah. the languages that we know. Um, but for the most part, it's in Tamil. So, yeah. So it's what beautiful. do you what would you say you feel most like identity wise? Do you would you say if someone said, where would you? Yeah. Would, would you say you're French or you're, you're, you're British or Tamil? How does it work? Or is it a mix? Um, I think it's. I mean, obvious, like, so to me, obviously, my brown skin tone is going <laughs> to, like, I'm, I'm never going to be able to say, I'm, well, I, I do say I was born and raised in France. So to okay. me, I, in terms of what I feel, French probably trumps uh, the British side. I'm not British. I've, I've lived okay. here and I appreciate it, but sure. I'd always say I'm French. But obviously, Tamil Sri Lankan is the first thing that anybody will notice. And um, so, yeah, that's also what I say. That's that's fascinating. And and whereabouts in France were you based? Uh, near Paris in a city called Noisy Le Sec. Okay, I asked Noisy them. Noisy Le Sec. In the Parisian suburbs, suburbs life. Interesting that you mm. say like you can't um, you can't avoid saying Sri Lanka, right? Like you have to. When people ask where you're from, you're like, oh, which way do I go with this? Because right. I'm English speaking or I'm French speaking or whatever. But really, or I've grown up, let's say, in France or wherever. But mm-hmm. your brown skin has to. Uh, the question is going to come is like, but where you're really from? Yeah, right? yeah, for sure. How's that in working in fashion and style? Do you feel like that question is asked a lot? Or do you, are you aware that you're navigating as a brown person or a person um... with brown skin? I mean, to be completely honest with you, it's one of those things where I don't actually put a lot of thought into until mm. it's until it's reflected upon and, and, and we have discussions on it. Then I'm like, oh, shit, yeah. actually, yeah, that, that question has popped up just because I, I don't know. It's like 
I don't want to say I don't want to see it because that's BS. Mm. Like clearly there is something there. I just choose not to put that much energy towards it. Like if someone mm-hmm. goes, oh, where are you really from? I'll be like, oh yeah, Sri Lanka. Um, and then I just keep it moving to the more important mm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with with your regards to your work, bro, mm-hmm. um, I was aware of your stuff for a while back. And I think the early stuff that I first watched, you're always about educating your following. Right. Right. So actually being able to pass on information of value to uh, to your viewers or followers. Um, is that still and I guess, to be honest, you still do that anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, has that always, was that as a conscious thing or is that just the way that you entered your industry? I, th- I think it's to do with the way I came in just because okay. so quick little backstory with regards to the the space that I occupy within the small bubble of the YouTube menswear fashion scene. Um, So when you think of YouTube menswear or YouTube sort of fashion in the men's section, you either have the streetwear heavy kids, which are, you know, into um, the Supremes, the Hypebeast and all that stuff. And those sort of content were always driven by a personality. And then you have the other end of the spectrum, which is the more designer high end stuff. And that's where, you have the Mr. Porters, you have the GQs. It's very polished. It's very editorial content, but there was no sort of driven, I mean, there was no sort of personality driven um, content creator within that sort of high end designer space. And that's when I was like, okay, cool. Well, let me just tap into that because I feel like I bridge the two anyway. Like some days you might catch me in a suit. Some days you might catch me in some skinny jeans and boots. And then some other days I might be in some trainers and, and you know, yeah. I have like a streetwear look to it. So I sort of went in with that idea in mind. Um, yeah. And then in terms of like, I wouldn't say my stuff is educational just because there are a lot more content creators that are very sort of factual yeah, yeah, yeah. driven Super, and they, yeah. okay. and they actually like, you know, you can go to those videos and, and learn something from them. My content is more so on more of like a, how do I say it? Like exploring your own personal style. Like I'm going to put myself out there and hopefully by watching me, you might pick a thing or two that you can apply to your life and then see where that takes you. Yeah. I tell you what, I haven't like deep dived into fashion and style videos for a long time bro and like doing the research and watching some of your videos i started getting shook bro (laughs) i started getting shook (laughs) because i felt something that was dormant inside me come alive again i felt my appreciation for style outfit combination color combination all coming alive and i was like no 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 ruben calm down because (laughs) like i'm out here on one end reading mary condu trying to just weed out the whole wardrobe and kind of (laughs) minimalize my whole life where i'm just left with one pair of utilitarian pants that can double up as socks and a hat like i just want to live that life and then i'm watching these videos and i'm like oh an orange leather jacket from an american American vintage store that will pop against my skin color and i think that's been a bit of a battle for me you know so it was just really interesting watching it yeah it would look insane and definitely especially that mary kondo thing like literally over the past sort of 10 days so um, I've been doing <laughs> this like is a, your quarter a, life crisis. Right. <laughs> like, I've been doing this renovation project in my bedroom for slash filming space studio, whatever. Yeah, I saw that video. It's dope. 
and uh, I'm, I'm just like, there's just too many clothes. Like, there's too much clothes. <laughs> so over the past 10 days, I've just been flipping. Like, I think yeah. we're now over like 55 items in the last 50, in the last 10 days. That's what, yeah. that what? I sold. And, um, what do you mean by flipping? As in, what does that mean? So flipping is just stuff that I that I purchased private uh, ages ago Personally. and I've now sold. Yeah. Okay. So it's basically selling stuff, Rubes. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. Are you selling actually, it on eBay? Uh, just oh on Instagram. Rubens already following <laughs> you down. I'm grailed. Buy all. Buy all. You know what? I actually that uh, that kind of poses an interesting question, Sanch, because like I think kind of saying what Ruben is saying, like I've kind of moved, like as I've kind of moved through the menswear circuit, there's uh-huh. there was that the book the early days of just wanting to purchase and like this whole consumerism stuff. Yeah. Um, and I think if you're a fan of fashion and menswear, that's always going to be inside you, right? You're always going to sure. be, um, you know, can kind of just get picked up anytime. Like now, do you say, or are you feeling that you're moving through a different stage in terms of your, you're asking yourself different questions in terms of how much do you actually need and how, how do those questions play on you being an actual creator because your business and the way that you earn a living requires you to still, I guess, help people purchase stuff, right? Yeah, so, for sure, man. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's definitely on the back of my mind, especially now more than ever. One rule that I used to go by, or a couple of rules I used to kind of go by, was um, like pound per wear. So okay. if, uh, let's just say a leather jacket that I, went to, that I was to purchase was £100, could I see myself wearing it for 100 days? And that was one way to break it down for me, whether an item nice. was worth the price tag. That's a great yeah. idea, man. So yeah. the pound per wear was one of them. Another one, another system that I tried to implement but clearly failed was the one in, one out. <laughs> so okay. if I was to, <laughs> one in, one out. So if I was to buy something, I need to sell something out of my wardrobe in order to yeah. accommodate and make space for it. And um, to justify the purchase, I guess. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It, I mean, that sort of worked, but it just was not realistic because I would just, yeah, in my head, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm doing it, I'm doing it, I'm doing it, but I'm, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And it's then, 10 and then, in, like, none out, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Literally. And then, like you said, because it's my, my living and um, the way that I generate, you know, income or whatever, um, there has been a lot of opportunities for me that have come about where I'm now in a very fortunate enough position where clothes are just sort of gifted to me or I'm doing campaigns and, and whatever. And uh, I don't have to think as much about, you know, oh shit, am I going to be, you know, make those purchases and then make rent or get food or sure. da, 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 da. so yeah. that has definitely eased a lot of my thoughts as well. Tough decision making is, is being <laughs> shipped out to the brand. Yeah. Um, yeah, sorry, Almas. I'm um, really aware that I'm hugging, hugging all the questions. No, not at all. I was just, I'm enjoying that. I'm, I'm enjoying listening to it and also um, going through lots of trauma because when Ruben came around last, he threw away six bin bags of my clothes. <laughs> he was like, You can't do this. Ruben's got a Ruben can't do Ruben's consulting for free. He just gets a kick out of throwing other people's shit out. He loves it. it. <laughs> <laughs> When, when it's someone it else up. doing it for you, you can be so much more brutal about it, which yeah, is amazing. Yeah, yeah. 
instrumental indie was to even people like me like this was years ago i remember coming across it and like thinking yo these guys are fucking killing it and obviously seeing <laughs> you know brown faces black faces like women of color and and the whole squad i was like oh shit like i didn't even like i didn't even know that was possible back in the day and this was how old is indiv now like this is i think it's about 13 I was gonna, yeah years like a ago, decade ago yeah. at least yeah, yeah, yeah. right o- over a decade yeah, yeah so yeah. you guys sort of you know the term pioneered kind of gets thrown around very loosely but genuinely were to me anyway one of the first few to do that within that space and so like aaron has just said i feel like the landscape has changed massively uh, sure i understand shit sorry wow who's that <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? Who's that? Your side piece. (laughs) (laughs) Got the mistress, you know. Siri decided to jump in. I don't know why she. Yeah, I don't know why she got involved. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I was like, "Wait, what's going on here?" Uh, But yeah, no, the landscapes changed massively, and Jesus, (laughs) (laughs) do you know what? Yeah, do you know what I think's happening? I think the, I think the brands, the brands have heard my question, and they're all getting nervous, and they're trying to jump in. <laughs> trying to cut that shit out. Um, yeah, no. So landscapes changed. Uh, sure, you can look at it in a way as as like a exploitation or whatever. If it's a brand that you really fuck with and you really want to work. By the way, sorry, I'm I'm swearing left, right, center. Mike, yeah, go bro, for it, bro. This is uncensored. This is the realest thing. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, yeah, if they really vibe with you and you really like them, then you know sometimes I don't take payments per se if i know Mm. that i'm building towards like a long-term relationship with a brand or with a retailer or whatever then there might be some content or some stuff that we do you know just based off um mutual benefit i guess you could call it that Uh, but for the most part yeah yeah, exactly but for the most part these days brands are a lot more aware of the market and of the situation and content creators themselves are aware of their value um so they kind of know how to navigate that i think rumor matt rumor rumor's got some trauma we were just too early bro <laughs> we were doing that, a lot of that stuff before um before mm. we could actually make money from it but um, i think that's the pain of the pioneer um yeah a lot of the time is like you're there to like break the barrier right. but you to open up that floodgate do you know what i mean to make things um easier for the next gen but sure. also that is like a mad um badge of honor to also hold and to like to own that i think is like really really beautiful um no that's that's uh, yeah re- really good point amos and thank you for even just saying those words Sandra. and that's like even though um we may know each other it's always amazing to hear that we actually 100%. have helped shape mm-hmm. other people's direction that li- leads me on to a really interesting question that i wanted to pose so um talking about influencers i guess often they come and creators especially within fashion and menswear or fashion in general they come under a lot of fire for being pretty self-absorbed right and this is this is a point i wanted to make on your your approach and style because i've always felt you've as well as kind of promoting yourself as your own brand the underlying fact is that you still provide value by helping others so it may be your opinion but on top of just saying you don't or from what I see, you don't just put a photo out there and go, look at me. It's like, <laughs> you could kind of wear this yeah, or yeah, try yeah. it in this way or whatever, yeah. right? Right. Um, what What are your thoughts on just that whole space? Because I think with Indiv, it was a collective, as you mm-hmm. said, right? So it was a creative collective. It was there to 
help other people figure out what they wanted to do. It was a creative space for them to learn, educate, and hopefully get into the industry. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, there aren't as many collectives. It feels like there's a lot of individuals in yeah. the influencer space. What are your just your your thoughts? Are there a lot of myths that you'd like to, to bust or what? Um. Okay, so there's a lot influ- of questions there. <laughs> <laughs> it's a loaded one. Yeah, the influencer space, and I mean, I'm sure you guys hear this all the time, like people saying, "Oh, I don't like the term influencer." No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I fall into that bracket as well. Now, obviously, I understand that from a corporate point of view, the easiest way for them to refer to me as is going to be influencer, and and if that's the case, and I don't have a beef with it. Personally, I see myself more as a content creator rather than an influencer. I think um, a friend of mine made actually a very good point where he said that, you know, you get content creators. So those that sort of create their content on whatever the platform may be, be it, you know, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. And then there are those that have become famous for who they are as a person (laughs) rather Mm. than the content they put out if that makes sense Uh, okay yeah and i feel like those guys are what i would consider to be influencers um such as and obviously no shade to to these people (laughs) you know tv reality people those would be influencers to me as opposed to you know a a content creator that has put out videos on youtube however Mm. You know, to for to the general person, these would all be bunched up as an influence, and so yeah, be it. Yeah. So there is a line, and it's a good way to define it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. and and you know super what? super subjective as well. Like someone might be listening to this and be like, "Bro, shut the fuck up! You're an influencer," and that's cool. <laughs> you know? um, yeah. It is what it is. To add to that as well, Sanj, I, I mean, I've got all sorts of traumas and beefs for everything. <laughs> <laughs> Should we just do an episode on your traumas, mate? Yeah. I feel like... No, listen, man. We need some live therapy sessions with me, man. Like I've had these conversations with Almas, and Almas has felt similar pains. I'm sure Aaron is as well, but I've just had more of the same conversations with Almas because we're going into yeah. the unknown and doing like mad intersection explorations. But we'll come back to that in a minute because I want to throw a question to Almas around community, just leading yeah. on from what Aaron said. But going back to um, so influencer as a term. I don't pers- I'm not a massive fan of it. And and even content creator is something in my mind personally which is questionable, right? Because I think and just just kind of tapping into the spirit of this podcast and this show which is very emergent. It's like things happen in the moment and we're evolving, right? And that's and in the spirit of emergence, I've just thought maybe a good title for what we do as artists, all four of us, right, is that we're value creators. It happens to sometimes be in content, yeah, but then also in conversations, a lot of the time it is about creating value. And I think that content with takeout value is more value. So I think I would see you as a value creator. Interesting. As opposed okay. to just but a content creator. Content creator I don't know, is just... easier. Content will be easier to monetize rather than value no i don't like i feel like value creator goes into the spiritual side of things like what do you mean oh i'm a a value i'm a value creator do you know what i mean like it sounds (laughs) sick it sounds sick but yeah Yeah, but even a content creator because sometimes i've been in conversations people like what do you do i'm a content creator of course you are what are you doing just making another video (laughs) just for people to consume and then carry on with their lives like what is the content is it valuable Mm, i don't know again this is my trauma playing out i'm just gonna breathe (laughs) i feel you i think i think it's an interesting point and definitely one to be discussed and hopefully 
you know, the more the ball rolls and you get mm. more people just kind of discussing it, it might come to fruition. Yeah. Do you know what um, I can... think is really interesting is that with when we're talking about content and um, something that I've noticed culturally when as I've been traveling the world is depending <clears> on where you are, different kinds of content are valued in different ways. Um, mm. I'll make one, one um, I'll create one example, which was when I was sourcing um, funding for projects in LA, people, you know, I'd say my day rate and people were like, yeah, sure, here, take that. Whereas here, I can barely get a day rate to be a filmmaker. And I know that this, I'm speaking very generally here, but I think the way that we talk about content is so disposable, but the, and the skill sometimes gets lost in, in and that value that maybe Ruben you're tapping into gets mm. lost a little bit because we all we see is a 15 second video on Instagram stories. But actually that's a yeah. day of filming, that's another half day of editing, that's someone <clears throat> signing it off, that's mm. coming back mm -hmm. to it. And I, in our minds, I think when we think about entertainment and media, for some reason we've just put it to like the bottom of the barrel of like skill set. And so again, yeah. in the, the term influencer comes in and then it becomes, um a case of judgment i think sometimes and when yeah. you know when we're saying people are um valued on who they are that in fact that's actually quite a beautiful thing to like exist and resonate with lots of people um mm. for me as a as someone who has a, a multitude of skills but is also present as a as a person i feel like i probably uh, if you're going to have a venn diagram i probably overlap on a lot of a lot of um, the different subjects that we've spoken about. Mm -hmm. um, but that in itself is hard because sometimes I see people going, oh, but you're a director, but then, but look at your Instagram. I'm like, yes, those two yeah. things can coexist at the same time. Mm -hmm. You can still be a personality you... and still create really cool stuff as well. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I would say, and even a question to you, Sanj, do you think then and we don't have to speak about numbers here, but what you would charge comes down to your following rather than the, the quality of the content that you create. Oh yeah. Because I guess it, it must be a balance, right? Like, unless you're saying you've got a certain skill set, like maybe people who are, are paying for your services are also equally looking at the number of people that they think they could potentially um get their message out to right is that like what are your thoughts on that Sanj? how does it work like would you say yeah, yeah no I'm, I'm completely agree with you it's, it's unfortunate that it is like that because um a lot of the time you know just because you have i don't know let's just say a million of followers millions of followers sorry um you might not necessarily create the best content as someone that has let's just say ten thousand followers um yeah. but because you have accumulated that following you're going to get a much bigger bag and um yeah. again it might be unfair to some but that's just the way that it it, it goes really um okay uh but that's... yeah no and i think that some brands are aware of of um like actual yeah, yeah exactly yeah. and um those are the ones that are smashing it at least in my opinion and like alma said as well like we're in an age now where you know we a lot of people are uh jack of all trades type stuff and um yeah. it's just finding the balance and and seeing what to pull where and how you can kind of combine loads of elements and and put together the best um the best product or so, project that i had a uh, ruse you mind if i go and have a question sorry <laughs> yeah go true bro 
Yeah, with that, I guess um, for for a younger person that I guess is looking to do something similar to what you've done mm -hmm. now, Sanj, what would you say are good starting points or tips for being a creator? Or do they need to think that what you did when you started is a completely different landscape, so they would need to approach it differently? Um, what are some general tips? That I think, okay, really cool. I think some of the tips that I always say whenever anybody's looking to create, and I primarily consider myself to be like a YouTube content creator or a YouTuber. So that's where okay. I, I I will focus most of my energy on. And these tips will more, um, they will apply more to YouTube than any other platform. And that is, A, always be sort of authentic and true to yourself, which is interesting because that was the first thing you guys mentioned to me. So I'm super grateful yeah. that that's one of the things that <laughs> kind of perked up. But I think it's so important, man. I think being true to yourself and being honest and authentic, like people vibe with that. People can mm -hmm. people can see through BS, and um, and that in itself is a reason for people to kind of want to engage with you and be part of your journey. So there's that. There is the element of being consistent. Now, okay. as I'm saying this, I haven't uploaded a video in months, obviously because of all the madness <laughs> going on over the last couple of uh, couple of months or this year, to be honest with you. But being consistent is crucial. Be it once a week or once every two weeks, whatever your your time frame might be for you. Be consistent. Put out content that you that you believe and that you're hundred percent behind. And um, see, I think find. You know, you want to be honest and you want to be true to yourself, but you want to find an honest, I mean, you want to find a unique perspective. You don't want to be regurgitating content that is already out there. At least yeah. I wouldn't want to do that. Do you know what I mean? If someone, if I see that a video idea that I had, and I'm sure Aaron, you you, you kind of must have had that as in your time as a director. Um, if someone else was to do a concept prior to you and it's already out there, sure, you might bring a different element to it. But already you're thinking, fuck, someone's done that. So let me kind of move on to the next thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think the point that's an amazing point of, of having a specific lens, even if the idea is the same or the general idea is the same is, yeah, having having a, a, a unique perspective on something is really, really important. I think sure. that can kind of go across many industries yeah. as, as you kind of build your, your own voice up as an artist, right? Hundred percent, hundred percent. So yeah, those those are probably the three tips that I would That's say dope, man. for okay. for anybody looking to start a YouTube channel. Could I build on that question, Amos? Do you have do you have anything floating around in your brain at the moment? Um, right. uh, what I have floating around in my brain is that no matter how you cut the cake or however you want to boil it down it always comes down to doing you and being really authentic in your process being aware and you know um kind of getting those skills and upskilling yourself but as as long as yeah. you that unique perspective that both Sanjiv and Aaron are mentioning for me comes into for going further and deep in in it and being like wow I see what's going on around me I want to contribute what well, how can I add to the scene how can I um create space for myself and cool. if you stick yeah. to that I feel like the key that is the key no one can ever someone can steal a concept of your work but they're never ever going to be able to like one-up it you know because it's yours that's that's it I think that's that was also the reason why Sam we create decided to create this podcast as well right just because I think um yeah I think individually we all were having or thinking about the same thing around the same time um and we were kind of think 
like I, I think it didn't feel right doing it individually but together that was the unique take on it because we yeah. had different tastes and sensibilities and perspectives um but again yeah Amos's point of like to lead on that a little bit more no one can copy your story or your upbringing or you for so sure. if you start from you that's a great place to start with for sure for yeah. sure um, Ruth, what were you gonna say? Yeah, I I've got a question about. Um, I think I think the question is about loneliness. So, okay. as as an artist, as a creator, when we realize, well, I've experienced this, and I've had loads of conversations with with lots of artists and creatives, especially those people of color working in a predominantly white space. Right, um, you realize you want to do this thing. You're, you're so sure and clear that this is the thing you want to do and you start off and you start going on that journey. And what I've found through the numerous iterations of myself as a creative being is that it's been quite a lonely journey. There's been times where I've met people that get me and get what I'm doing, but mm -hmm. ultimately I feel a lot of the time I outgrow or I change and then I'm back on a lonely one again. And I can imagine you as a YouTuber starting off your journey. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, I imagine, but let me ask, what, is there times where it's been lonely and you'll be like, damn, I'm doing this all myself. I should just quit. And if that is the case, how did you push past that? Damn. Okay. Big question. Um, sick question as well. I think I've been extremely fortunate in life with the people that I have around me. Mm. So I haven't really felt this sort of crippling loneliness that kind of hinders my my journey like i'll feel loneliness in the sense that yeah i'm filming this by myself and i'm editing this by myself but i sort of enjoy that anyway so like okay. and in terms of the, the the people that i have around like for example i have a group of six best friends or five six including myself and uh we've all you know went through school together and then after uni we're still like super tight-knit nice. and we're all within the creative space so we've all been friends for like what anywhere between 13 to 15 years and that has genuinely like erased a sense of loneliness because mm. it's almost like a wave effect where if someone smashes it out of the six of us that kind of brings everyone together and then someone else will smash it on something else everyone sort of rides the wave and what that kind of allows for for us to do is to kind of just build each other up and if at any point you're like oh fuck what am i doing or like is this is this what i want to do or whatever it lasts no longer than like half a day if that do you know what i mean so i think that's super important and obviously you know having a very supportive family as well that kind of allows you not to not to feel that loneliness so much and also youtube is such a like a tight-knit community like all the content creators especially within the fashion space anyway know each other yeah. we'll all link up you know do our own press, thing so and all that type of stuff yeah so there is so to be honest with you there has never like really been a sense of lonely a crippling loneliness is what i would say rather than mm. loneliness per se just because obviously there are moments where you're just alone but it's never like ah oh. well fortunately touchwood i haven't had a moment of like you know is this what i want to do am i going to quit mm. da, 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 da. that's beautiful that to a, know question though, really, yeah. oh cheers bro it's like it's just these are the just true the true things like these are the conversations that i'm having a lot of internally and then just with people that are holding space for me at the moment and it's it's the more human side of whatever exterior we have going on like that's mm -hmm. where that's the space i'm in that i'm really exploring and deep diving into mm -hmm. at the moment and it's so good to hear bro that 
the YouTube, that number one, that you have this cohort, this deep friendship and support system. Yeah. Um, and I'm so glad that you've reiterated that on the pod, man, because I think a lot of us, especially millennials and Gen Z growing up into this world where the messages are, you can do everything and you can do it alone. Mm. I think to counter that, it's so important. And I know Almas has taught me so much about the power of community that sure. I didn't, Aww. let's say I didn't necessarily, it's, I mean, I knew it was important, but I've always had the blinkers on. Like I'm doing this thing, rah, rah, rah. I'm out here mm. forcing it. <laughs> and then yeah. you like crash so many times and you're like, why do I keep crashing? Mm. And then you, then I'm personally like, wow, I just need more people around me. So it's good to hear that. And also what you were saying about the YouTube community being supportive, because initially I would have made an assumption that it would be really competitive and it might even be a bit clicky. So for you to say that the YouTube um, community is supportive of each other and it working within the same arena, that's so uh -huh. dope to hear, man. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, I mean, obviously, at the end of the day, it really depends on who you are as a person as well. Don't get me wrong. There are clicks within the community itself. But I feel mm. like if you're putting out good vibes and good energy, everyone's going to vibe with that. And therefore, yeah. you're going to be fine with everyone. Do you know what I mean? And also, mm. within the YouTube space, um, I mean, this is very we're looking like into it from a from a niche perspective. But everyone's got their own little bubble within the men's within the men's bubble, if that makes sense. So you yeah, have their corners. Yeah, exactly. So you have the high-end guy, you have the more vintage guy, you have the more streetwear, you have the more high street, da, da 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 So everyone's got their own bubble within it. And then from that, we all kind of build each other up. And and like I said, because there's such a tight-knit and small community, there's a lot of like collaborative efforts. Um, yeah, it's, it's such a cool, genuine, cool uh, community mm -hmm. and group of people. I saw that as well on the bottom of your... Um, we watched the video. You had a video with your brother. Mm -hmm. um and you were going through questions i think on people had sent you questions right um and on on the topic of loneliness and community and all of this stuff like i was just smiling from ear to ear because i've got siblings that are kind of similar in age as well and you that level of banter that you can get you can't <laughs> and then ruben because i think aaron you might have shared that video in the group right and then ruben came yeah, in yeah, was yeah. like they're, they're basically us and I'm thinking yeah. the same thing because I've got, yeah. I've got two brothers and I'm the sister and then Aaron and Ruben are brothers and they've got Shanti and then you've got you said you've got another brother and a sister as well yeah they started going on man they planned it the parents yeah. planned it yeah, bro. it's there in it it was the Tamil school thing bruv that absolutely <laughs> killed me that your parents trying to send you to this same with us they try to send us Tamil school at the age when we're just trying to understand English <laughs> <laughs> and, and we don't speak it at home. Oh, it's yeah, a joke. Bro, to it's too hard. I couldn't speak, but I could write. What the fuck? How useful is that? <laughs> yeah, that's how you knew you're creative. You're an aesthetics guy, bro. Oh, just want to well, draw stuff, bro. Like, I can read the Quran, but I don't understand Arabic. So I'm just reading what? it, but I'm not. I don't know what the words mean. <laughs> it's <mad. laughs> yeah. it, was it was hella mad. confusing. Yeah, confused uh, kids, man. But that, but that bond and that um being able to build community within that and having your family accept you as well um, and be involved I think and for, you know being able to bring your siblings through on certain projects like right now we're sitting in what is this behavior with Aaron and Ruben do you know what I mean and I think that that in itself for me is quite grounding um but the jokes between your brother, you and your brother, Sanjiv, man, I was dying. And then the YouTube comments are involved and they're like, they know you guys too. Exactly, and yes, like, yeah. that is just such a good vibe. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that bit about 
who gets girls and how. <laughs> <laughs> your your oh. brother's some sweet boy that just walks in a rave and just stands still and then just picks. And you're like, no, I've got to come up with the gums. Do you well, know what I'm, I mean? I've got to help as well. <laughs> so yeah. much drafting in comparison to him is so annoying. But Bro, I feel you on that. That's, that's what Ruben, Ruben was like your brother. And I had to, that's how, I think that's no, how we what are you talking about, brother? That's how we get into fashion. Brethren. Shut up, bro. We, that's how we get into fashion. <laughs> No, I, I was, I was a chatting shit. I had to Look just at... dress up. Nah, so hard, sorry. bro. I grafted, bro. This is trouble, <laughs> man. Do you know what, yeah? I just want to say, if you look at me, sometimes I'm with my just jeans and t-shirt and Aaron's out there, it's like David Beckham dipped in chocolate. <laughs> and I'm just trying to bet... And I'm just trying to beg it next to him. It's long. That's why we were like, you know what? We're just going to occupy two different spaces. I love you, brother. I'm not rolling with you. Yeah. Smelling of Aesop. You know what I mean? This and I'm like, I'm, smelling lies, of ju- I'm just smelling of armpits bro. and salts, bro. That's what's happening. He says that. Rude. I used to take all your garbs. This is the, anyway, this is, this is. Enough. This is like a really nice version of I'm trying to be like you, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah literally. <laughs> this is big. I'm trying to be like you, bro. Energy right now. I like that. I love it. Do you know That's what, what we need. I, <laughs> also i'm mindful of time like this conversation has been beautiful and yeah. there's so much more to unpack but we try to keep the episodes less than an hour and we're like well yeah. around 40 minutes is like 55 oh, so wow. fa- thanks yeah. for um taking the time i mean i've got a couple quick fire questions i was gonna say aaron actually Amos. before yeah before we wrap up into the quick fire i did have um i did have one question i wanted to kind of end end the main interview on okay if, cool. it, was, if it was cool so um yeah, I just wanted to know, well, two things really. First, what is your proudest piece of work you've ever created? Because you've been in the game for a while now. Mm-hmm. And um, where are you looking to build your brand and what's next in a way? Sick. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so proudest piece, if we're talking, there's two that pops up to mind anyway. So if we're talking in terms of visually just stunning piece of work, it's just having the ability to work with directors. And I know, Aaron, we've spoken about this before. You know, this is, we're going to get on this after we stop recording (laughs) because I saw your, I saw your video, the main YouTube video. And I'm like, Jesus, this is like the one, the one filmed in Germany, right? Yeah. I think think so. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah. And I got pissed. I'm like, no, no, I need to shoot something with you and just up the levels again. So yeah, we'll address that. Definitely. Yeah. Bro. So, so that was, so that was, that was one of the work that I was most proud of just in terms of yeah. like working with a whole team and just feeling like, you know, somewhat of a production. And although it's a super small video, it's a video that kind of allows me to be like, Hey, this is what I'm capable of doing, or this is what yeah, you can it's... achieve. And, um, you know, it's not going to generate me any money right in- Well, it has now, but obviously at first yeah. it didn't. Um, yeah. So it's those sort of videos or videos where I'm able to kind of give, I don't want to use the term give back, but like do something with the sponsors and do something creative. So for example, okay. I've been, I've got like a good working relationship with the guys over at train line. Um, and they, they, we did a video together where they kind of allowed me to go to Milan and we Sick. picked out a random subscriber and just kind of, uh, I styled him for the day. We gave him all the money that we needed for for the whole day. He got about three or four outfits. It was a seventeen year old kid. He was bare nice. gassed, and uh, that was <laughs> such dope. a that was such a sick thing. Like I was just like, yo, yeah. imagine if me seventeen, a YouTuber yeah, yeah, that yeah. I was watching, yeah. was coming to me, and yeah. literally like decking me out in clothes yeah. and, and stuff like that. I was like, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So that Change felt great trajectory. to do. What's that? It makes them really believe that something's attainable and it can actually change the trajectory of of what they're trying to do. 
for sure. That's for so, sure. so uh, Yo, and the crazy thing is, a couple of months later, he then hit me up saying, and I don't know if this is a good thing or not, but he was like, bro, I've changed my, I've changed my degree and I'm actually going into fashion styling. Oh, like, wow. I'm so thankful for that, for that day. Because it's parents are going to love you. Yo, I was like, yo, are you serious? Like, you really did that? No, 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 no. How your parents feel about it? Because that's something that I'm always aware of. Like, my mom's always like, yo, do your thing, but don't ruin kids that want to be doctors and whatever. And, and take them nah. away from that pathway. And Ruin, I'm like, nah. You're saving them. Nah. <laughs> I think that's a, bro, I think that's a good thing, man. And that is literally one of the reasons for this pod. And even what we done with Indiv, I remember when we first started, people were being like, I, I changed my degree. And I'm like, you need to show people that what's capable and what, what, Facts, what we can do, right? So exactly. that's, yeah, that's an amazing example, bro. So, so yeah, that was probably, yeah, like top two proudest work that I've done. Mm. Wow. And then what's next? Sorry, bro. Okay. Next, okay. Uh, what's next? Uh, we well, I'm going to be looking to. So my educational background was always in designing. So I went to CSM to do menswear fashion design, and then I sort of fell into styling. And then from there, I went on to social media. So my passion's always been, although I enjoy styling clothes and you know, kind of talking about it. My yeah. passion's always been in actually creating, and so oh, I'm looking sick. to uh, make my own stuff that should be coming out very soon. We're in this sort of final sampling stages, and I am Amazing. so hyped for that. Wow. Congrats. That's, thank you. Thank you very much. Jeez. That's the immediate next step, and then we'll see where we go from there. Jeez, that's massive, man. And thank also, you, just I just want to quickly jump onto something you said, like with the with the people that have changed their degrees from, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe like traditional <laughs> jobs and whatnot, just just saying, yeah, you both can be done. And sometimes it doesn't need to be as harsh as, you know what, I'm gonna totally fuck off this thing and go and do this thing. Like yeah. duality can exist. Like I know doctors who have come to some of the sessions I run, Dream Rehab, and they're photographers on the side, right? Or they're making yeah. art and music on the side. And that is a beautiful sure. way to exist as well. 100%. Um, I- all right, go on now. No, no, I was just saying, yeah, it's just giving them the permission to explore that, which they may not have felt they had. Mm. So, mm. Um, yeah. This, I just learned this anti-black and white way of thinking from Almas and mainly women in my life. They're like, Rubes, not everything needs to be black and white, you know. There's gray area, there's complexity, embrace it. And I'm like, all right, I'm leaning so in, I'm leaning True. in. Yeah, and you're never, you have to trust that everyone else is on their own path. The only thing you can do is continue sharing what you do. Um, you're not responsible for someone, someone's a decision, but you know, mm. the, you, you can help them come to their own calling. And yeah. that relieves you of that, that pressure, you know, to, mm-hmm. um, to feel like, oh, I've ruined someone. Nah, man. <laughs> like, you've literally, you've helped them come to like wherever they're going anyway. Sick. Mm. Yeah, for sure. That's it, Real man. talk. All right, I'm gonna hit you. Yeah. All right, Sanjay, I'm gonna hit you with some quick fire questions. Yeah, I don't want you to think too much about this. Just blurt out whatever comes to mind. Yeah. So we're not going deep, dear. This is it's not that deep. Maybe that's what it's called. It's not that deep. (laughs) Not that deep. (laughs) Emergence. Quick thing. Ready, steady, go. What are you scared of? (laughs) 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 Uh, Fuck. What's the first thing? Bad silhouettes. Um, Not. Yeah, I'm probably uh, ah, spiders or snakes, one of the two. What's something you've never told anyone? Uh, these aren't quick fire questions. (laughs) 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 No, no, bro, you're censoring. Kill the censor. Maybe that's what it's called. You've got to think about what you've never told anyone. I can't even think about what I've never told anyone. 
Yeah, I'm, all right, I'll, I'll move like, on. I'll like, move on. I like to think I'm an open book. You know what I mean? All right, all right. If you could be an animal, what would it be and why? Tiger, because they're regal, mystical, and powerful. Jeez, what do you regret? I try to live without any. Jeez, what's your guilty pleasure? Uh, a can of Coke. Jeez, who's your favorite superhero and why? Iron Man, because he's a G. <laughs> what, what, what would you? I thought about. It, I thought it was about his gums. What would you change about yourself? What I change about myself? Um, fuck. Yeah. That's, um, what would I change about myself? I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to say anything physical and be like, oh, like you know, this. Uh, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, I'd love to be taller. Let's actually be honest. I'd love to be taller. What do you hate about? myself or just in general just life anything uh negativity mm. where would you go if you were invisible if i was invisible <laughs> such a rude question <laughs> right, if i was invisible i'd do so much shit that i'm not supposed to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's leave it there man okay well sanj thank you so much for coming on and i know we only had an hour and all three of us have probably got more questions but yeah we just we're trying to keep it yeah. within an hour. Sure, sure. Thank you so much for um, having me. I really, really appreciate nah, it. It was such a... Thank, thank you, bro. Thank you. <laughs> it was a sick conversation. And um, who knows? Maybe in the future there might be another part to this if if the people fucks with it. Yeah, man. We're um, totally open, man. Yeah. I Just, just before we, we cut off, where... Um, where can people find your stuff? So your YouTube page, your Insta, if you just want to do a final. Yeah, um, it's all it's all under my name. Very, very self-centered, as you said, Aaron, earlier on. Uh, <laughs> it's just at Sanjeev, wherever. So S-A-N-G-I-E-V, that is on Twitter, Instagram, um, YouTube, wherever. It's all is that. Love Jeez. it. Amazing. All right, bro. Well, listen, have a dope day. Thank you. And... Yeah, just stay stylish and just stay doing what you're doing, man. Just watching your evolution is beautiful and inspiring, man. Thank you, man. I really do appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank so you. Yes, thank you, thank you so much, Sanji. I'm looking forward thank to seeing more videos with the fam, man. That's what I'm here uh, for. For sure. I'll try and get Love them involved. It. I'll try and get yes. them involved. Thank you. <laughs> cool. All right, guys. And right. peace. Peace out. What is this behavior? Thank you for staying with us, everybody. I know we went over an hour there and we're banging on about, we're trying to keep it less than an hour. We clearly don't ever do that. Well, we're trying to get there. So thank you very much for your patience. Um, like Sanjeev said, if you want to find him on any of the socials, it's at Sanjeev, that's S-A-N-G-I-E-V on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. And he's got a lot of dope content, especially if you're into men's fashion and style, he goes in. Um, also, we'd like to apologise for that multitude, the array of different mics on this episode. It was, it was a nightmare, man. We got Sanjeev, who's got like, he went to his friend's studio, the dopest podcast set up, like in, I don't know, some Star Trek machine, just perfect. And then there was me, fairly decent mic in my home studio. Almas has got the computer going on. Aaron bought a microphone didn't turn it on and he's screaming into the laptop how this guy shoots international films i don't know <laughs> but there you go so a quick apology there um if you want to listen to any more of our episodes you can find us on spotify apple podcasts and all other good podcasting platforms and you can follow us on instagram 
on at what is this behavior podcast um and our handles as talent hosts presenters are all in the bio of our instagram page so yeah hope you have a good week and we'll catch you next week peace out what is this behavior do you want it you're dying for it